The Hearing, a legal podcast from Thomson Reuters. I remember this incredible battle. We've got the battle of the top QCs, and these two extremely high-profile QCs had this massive day-long slanging match on Twitter, which was extremely embarrassing. And it was like they didn't realise everyone was watching them. They just hadn't twigged. And they were like, oh my God, we voluntarily put this stuff in the public domain and we can't do anything about it. So that was quite typical of an early Legal Cheek story. Hello again, I'm Kevin Poulter and today I'm joined by an old friend, Alex Aldridge, the founder of Legal Cheek. Once upon a time, Alex and I had our own podcast recorded around his kitchen table in his flat in East London. And that's where we are again today. As well as the genesis of Legal Cheek, we talk about what the future holds for the legal profession and just how far it's come in the past 10 years. The difference this time around is that rather than going to the pub before we do the podcast, we went to the pub afterwards. I think that's a sign of how we've both matured and grown professionally. The Hearing. Alex, um, well, back where it all began. Uh, Not quite around your kitchen table, but in your lounge, uh, in in your flat in London. And thank you for welcoming us back. It's been been a while. That's great to see you, Kevin. So we should explain a little bit. Uh, that we do go back a little bit as well ourselves um, and actually had a podcast I think I was trying to work it out about eight years ago incredibly yeah when did we start that I think it was was it 2011 it was yeah. 2011 yeah. yeah way ahead of the trend should, oh, we, should were, we, ask. we were way uh, ahead and I, and I should also say now we're much more professional normally we'd be down the pub first uh, and uh, and then to do the podcast over a glass of wine or two um but it did cause some problems sometimes i remember a particularly boozy session yeah which was recorded but i think is now locked away somewhere in a vault is that right i think it's been lost I has think, it i think oh, it that's a relief to us both yeah. i'm sure but, um, yeah we had some we had some good sessions because that was this was kind of pre-legal cheat because actually our, our podcast Around My Kitchen Table podcast predates Legal Cheek. It does. It was on alexaldridge.com. Um, it was. It was. And I needed a website to host it on because I thought it was not that ideal hosting on my personal website. So actually the reason, well, w- one of the reasons I started Legal Cheek was, was to ho- as a place to host the, the podcast. And we used to, say, sit around the kitchen table and mm-hmm. have usually uh, a guest along yeah. and we don't have any guests today you're the guest i know um, but we do have we do have i should give a shout out to kaylee who is sat here and is <laughs> our producer and looks after as well um so it's almost like having an audience but uh so what well, looking back to those times mm. like, what strikes did any particular guests strike you Did any of the conversations that we had because it was so, a lot's changed since then it's true so it was, it was like a, it was it was really the only podcast in the legal market that's probably unfair. There were probably a few other, but it was the most popular podcast in the in the certainly in the UK legal market. I yeah. think there was some in the US. Mm. I mean, it was at a time where podcasting wasn't that popular, although it was around. Mm. It's it's podcasting is one of those things that has kind of come up and then went down, and now it's come up and it's yeah. hot again. Um, but but we, I think the interesting thing was guests, didn't we? Because we, we used to do it um, every week, like really frequently, and um, we'd get an, a guest from the legal profession on each week. And we met some interesting people. I remember we met we the uh, Shadow Attorney General. Then at the time, she was the Shadow Attorney General, she was. General Emily Thornbury. Yes. Um, that, that She stands out particularly. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Why? Shall I push you on that one? Just, well, no, uh, just, just the high, pro- high profile. She was quite uh, good fun. Yeah, she was. She was, she was good fun. Game. She I think it's fair to say. <laughs> she was. Not so much now. She won't reply to okay. us. But uh, it may... Well, oh, you, did you try, you try to... Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. She's busy at the moment. We'll give her a okay. juice. <laughs> but, um, 
but I think I think one of the th- and then lots of lawyers from different parts of the legal profession mm. and I think that, that I think that's one of the reasons it worked because we weren't necessarily going for the big names mm. we were go I mean you know we we got a few but yeah. we were get we were just it, it kind of sprung out of the legal blogging community so yeah. we had lots of the legal bloggers like Jez Hopkins who's who's now in a senior role at Baker McKenzie mm. um, and I mean. We did. We had loads, didn't we? we, we, yeah. we I didn't realize quite how long it went on for. <laughs> two years, I, every week for two years. Yeah, yeah. podcast. Finishing work, cycling along the canal. Quick change. Good times. Yeah. Um, and and well, look at us now, both of us. You've gone on with Legal Cheek to, well, I, I don't want to do a blow smoke, but surely the preeminent uh, law news website. It's actually Legal Cheek is now actually the most read legal website in the UK. So of of above any any site, which is which is amazing. Incredible. Um, it's just got so popular, and particularly it's got really popular with students. Mm. So, I mean, that's how it's all geared now. We've got this young editorial team, and they're, you know, they're completely focused on that kind of student junior lawyer market. Yeah. Which which back back in the day it was a bit more general. But, yeah, but, I mm. think I think you're right, and I think it was. Uh, probably, and I think I'm fair in saying this, slightly more irreverent. Um, I, I remember I the first so. Legal Cheek logo. Yeah, 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 it's true. It's changed um, a lot. Which you might need to uh, graphically describe to our I listeners. Don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if the listeners would, would um, enjoy that, but it was certainly, <laughs> um, it was certainly, we went for a few it's logos <laughs> in the early days. and But I think when you're at, uh, certainly, um, at what, one of the things I found starting a business and starting um um, I can't, well, I suppose like a, a brand mm. um, is one of the real challenges in the early days is to to be known, just to be heard. Mm. So you, you've got to get people to to know about you and and hear about you and talk about you. That that really you can't do anything until you get to that point. Mm. And so I think in the early days, months, years of, mm. of Legal Cheek, it was it was about getting heard mm. and it was about getting known. So it, it did have to be a bit more irreverent and outrageous I think also kind of reflected the time it was the internet was a bit wilder place back then it was it, it yeah. was more you, you was it was now it's become much more kind of sanitised and corporate to an extent social mm. media and it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's changed and so and I think during those sort of 2000 I mean internet's been around for ages but that was, that was the kind of early phase of social media it was. and it was it allowed people blogs to um, really start to reach a, mm. a big audience, um, and it, it was a yeah, it was a different time. And people time. were certainly less aware, mm. uh, certainly, and probably less concerned about what they were posting, and and that gave us <sighs> gave you a lot of stories to start with. There was a lot of things to talk about. Well, that that was one of the big things because I remember the conventional legal publications they wouldn't touch social media. So they, they just wouldn't, they were like, that is not what a journalist does. A journalist sources their own stories. They do not get yeah. them from Twitter, whatever this thing is. And, 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 and I, you know, pretty quickly doing Legal Cheek, I realised there was just so many stories coming through on social media, which the main titles and newspapers, etc. now they just, they're all over. But, but it was great because they just wouldn't touch them. And, and, then, and at the same time, you had all these lawyers mm. on Twitter I mean, then it was particularly. I think Twitter is kind of Instagram is basically the equivalent now, isn't it? it yeah. It's. I mean, it's not that Twitter's over, but it's just at that time that was the thing, and um, you just had all these lawyers discovering Twitter for the first time, some really high profile ones, and just mm. 
putting mental stuff out there, sharing crazy stuff as if they were in private conversations. Yeah. I remember yeah. this incredible battle, but we've got the battle of the top QCs, yeah. and these two extremely high-profile QCs had this massive day-long slanging match on Twitter, which was extremely embarrassing, and it was like they didn't realise everyone was watching them. And I remember I, 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 I took this was before now you can embed tweets into a um, web page, but then. You couldn't do that. You had to take screenshots. So it was just, I remember just screenshotted all these, the, the thing, the, the bust up, the battle of, in the Battle of Top QCs. And I just put it on a post and this thing went wild. People loved it. And you could see that the, the, the two QCs involved, they just hadn't twigged. Mm. And they were like, and they were, and then they kind of, they were like, oh my God, we voluntarily put this stuff in the public domain yeah, yeah. and we can't do anything about it. So that was a quite typical of a, of an early legal cheek story. Um, I think with these stories now, people are much more cautious. They share a lot less mm. on social media. Also, the etiquette's changed. Like now, with stuff on social media, we, we kind of, people know the rules. We go to them for comment, you know. Mm. I mean, sometimes, you know, you'll put, they'll put a, a tweet out or something on social media and, you, you, you know, it's a statement. You don't have to go to the comment. But sometimes you kind of give them a heads up. So the whole market has matured. But mm. certainly getting in at that early phase mm. Um, was, was you know it's a really interesting period yeah and, and on the back of that uh, the if you like the more mainstream press started mm-hmm. reporting social media through legal cheek um, and, and legal cheek became a recognized uh, resource really for them yeah yeah I think they would use us as, as I think a lot of lawyers were to keep up to date with what's going on in the legal social media sphere mm. And I mean, they still they still do that to an extent, but you know now they're they're just operating like we. I mean, they'll report mm. these stories too. Yeah, yeah. Well, like see everywhere the BBC. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's I mean, the conference. president of America. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I mean, he does a tweet and that becomes a news story. Yeah. But it's funny to think that yeah, in um, in two thousand and twelve, that that wouldn't have no. worked that way. No, and it's not that long ago. Mm. But it, but then again, it seems like a generation. Well, it is. Uh, arguably, uh, the way where things are moving. Um, and I remember uh, we, we've previously had mm. Pop Bitch as guests, and, and yeah, Legal Cheek was yeah. equated uh, to Pop Bitch several times, and yeah. that became a thing. Now, you talk about this sort of the sanitization of social media and the internet and, and the more commercial awareness around it, but Legal Cheek's kind of gone a similar way and, and stepped away from those irreverent, maybe those irreverent stories, having made its mark, yeah. um, to a maybe more constructive, positive environment. Would you, no, I would think, you agree? I think that's true. I think, I think I mean, I remember when we got, I think it was the Sunday Times that in, I think this was 2013, described mm. Legal Cheek, I mean, maybe in 2012, but described Legal Cheek as pop bitch for lawyers. Yeah. It was printed um, on lots of flyers, I recall. Yeah, yeah. And it, but this was a great thing. Like, you know, the blog that I'd, I'd made and we did, you know, hosting our podcast and, and, um, and it's getting picked up in national newspapers. We like the tech that got you know you, you see the name, you think oh that's great. It's, it's and so so it's exciting. Um, but you, you're you're right. As it, as time has gone on, you get to you get known, mm. and then you start to think in a more disciplined way, and you think okay, well you'll you'll know now. And you, you, who who are our readers? Mm. Um, and you you start to evolve as a publication to serve th- those readers, mm. and our our readers are. Uh, students, particularly students, but also junior lawyers, and and obviously as you get that re- that relationship with your readers is really important. Mm. You you build it, and um, and that's 
where, you know where you can build a publication commercially because mm-hmm. you, you've got you've got big resources of readers and, yeah. and and at the end of the day our, most of our readers they want to get training contracts mm-hmm. with big law firms mm-hmm. um, and that's um, that's a big part of our business model now and they want careers advice they're not they like kind of some gossipy stories story. they like some of that so you, we still retained that irreverent edge but you know they really crave like careers advice mm. And, mm. and so a lot you know I've got a lot more careersy and was there did you remember a moment or recall a moment when that flipped from maybe being the sort of slightly more gossipy side to this more sort of commercial in some ways I keep going back to commercial it's not really what I mean uh, I guess this more um, professional really yeah. uh, way of doing things it, it was it was Gradual. There wasn't just like one moment, mm. but there was a there was a phase of we started going much more in that direction. And I remember um, when I got some advertising and, and I got enough money to take on um, on Tom Connolly, mm. who's, who's now the editor, and Jonathan Ames, who's now the legal editor of the Times. Mm. And we were all working um, from from my flat. This is before we'd got an office, yeah. and we were all working um, from actually. Pretty, pretty much much here and um, that freed me up to, to work on the sale I could do the sales yeah. um, and um, yeah we had like Jonathan for just over a year um, before he got snapped up by the times mm. and um, that so I, I was I was like really able to focus on the commercial side and I was like meeting loads of law firms and law schools etc etc mm. and just a lot of it just listening to them and, and then you and then so, so that 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 phase was very much the, to kind of re, you know go taking it up a notch. And how difficult was it? Because mm. again, the reputation for being that irreverent cheeky side, sometimes critical of law firms, sometimes highlighting yeah. uh, sort of inadequacies or, or hypocrisy sometimes in, in mm. law firms. How difficult did it then become to get them on side and to buy them in? Was it purely because of that demographic that you were already reaching? Yeah, I mean, law firms are pretty pragmatic and, you know, commercial. And if you've got the audience, mm. you know, and, and still, I mean, because we still run stories quite critical of law mm. firms and, 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 and our advertisers. And it's like, it's, you know, as long as you're using, as you, and this this is certainly what I've learned. As as long as you have a fair process, mm. and you give them, you go to comment, you give them time, and there's a fair yeah. process, and 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 the story's fair. They're, they're, it's fine. It's fine. You know, there's mutual respect. Mm. It's it's when you don't have that those fair processes, and you're cutting corners to do things fast. That's that that's um, where you get into problems. One of the hard things running in the early days of getting something off the ground is. Um, in the early days, it was just me, mm. so you have no time, yeah. And also, you you don't have cr- the credibility into. I mean, I had some credibility because I was writing a column for the Guardian, so and I, I was known in the market and it was known as a journalist. But you know, it was like, is this going on the Guardian or is this going on that website of yours? And like, so so sometimes it was almost like, <laughs> what you know, who do you, who do you think you are, kind of coming to us for comment because. Mm. You do, what you're going to put it on your little personal website, and and that flipped at what yeah, at some point that obviously flipped, yeah. and it's like, it, you know, now most WordPress website in the UK, you're obviously you, you're you know with with several employees and all all, all that kind of thing. You, you obviously have the have the, all these procedures, but there, there was a point where that wasn't totally obvious. Mm. 
So, so it's, it's sort of navigating those things. But no, in terms of the commercial stuff, it's like, yeah, as I said, they're very pragmatic and mm. um, great to work with. And, and it's gone, again, from, from a, maybe the criticism to actually celebrating law firms, albeit sometimes in a slightly kooky way. So the Legal Cheek Awards have become a huge success. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, Where they, did that spin from? Well, we, we did this massive survey, um, of, which is now almost 2,500 trainers and junior lawyers at the big firms. Mm. And... You know, so, so it was all based on the data of the trainees rating their own firms. And then we obviously had that and we developed the profiles to give the firms kind of scorecards on the profiles to get A star to D. Mm. And then it was like, oh, who's done best? And it was like, well, we, you know, this firm's done best. We should, we should, we should give them a prize. So, so we set up an awards to give them the prizes and that went really well. Mm. Um, and we did that for, with, with Barbary, who, who's a big US legal education provider who are moving into the UK market mm. to to launch SQE courses. Um, and so so we did we did the first one, which was actually at their office. Nice, but it's not a particularly glamorous location for an award <laughs> ceremony. But it went really well and the attendance was really good. So they were like, yeah, let's go for this. And we we, we did it, we done it at the Cheese Grater, mm-hmm. like Landing 42, as you know, yeah, yeah, it was the last couple of years and a you know, really fancy event. And it's, you know, that's, it's really worked really well. Yeah, and mm. uh, and I'll say it's, it's a lot about celebrating the good work that's being done uh, by law firms. Um, but you you must come across some bad experiences as well that people are having some some oh, particularly sure. nasty stories or even mm. just funny ones. But uh, aside from them, uh, which I'm sure people want to hear about, can go, but I'm sure can read about. Mm. What about the particularly good ones? Do you uh, do you sit back sometimes and think actually this isn't such a bad profession after all? Are you surprised, maybe, how how bad it is sometimes? Um, I, th- I think well, it's a big question. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, no, I mean, you you obviously get some some stories. I mean, it's it's, it's tough. Being a lawyer is a high pressure job because mm-hmm. you're, you're you're having to make these these difficult calls and sure, I mean, you've got insurance, but it's it's um and you it you know junior end it's it's demanding it's mm. it, the hours are longer than most jobs um but i think if you if you're suited to that and you you, you know you, you see the right lawyers that go in and we see that cause we do loads of events now for students mm. and you see the stu- and we've been doing them for quite a number of years so you see the ones who've gone through and you see the ones who, who love it and they get their training contract at the firm and it's great and they go through and they release it and it's it's a fantastic career i think mm. i think for the students they've got to think why am I doing this? Do, do, do I love law? Do I love business? Mm. Um, do, do, or do I love, maybe it's not business, maybe it's another branch of the profession. Mm. Um, and, and I think those, those people, it's great. They, they're doing the right things with their life. That's I think, I think that the, the ones who are going in for the money and the status, mm. and you get that a lot now because laws always had status, yeah. but um, particularly there's a, I think this kind of post two thousand eight financial crisis. I mean, the, the top end pay yeah. in the the, the the city firms, particularly the US firms, is, is enormous. So you, you do get people who are very attracted to it for the kind of money, and you think, you know, that to sustain you long term, you need more than that. But if you like that and you like law and business, and you get the money, mm. that's great. I mean, it's fantastic, and yeah. lots lots of them do that, and they're pretty good. The, re- the recruitment teams at the firms are. are getting those right people who are doing it for the right reasons. Mm. And looking back, because you studied, you didn't study law, you did a GDL. I I did a GDL, yes. And then, Um, I won't talk about history degrees, because I've been in trouble for that before. Um, English degrees. English degrees, there you go. But but, um, having done that, and then 
the GDL. Yeah. Um, you that's that when you were writing for the Times, but. Did you make, what was that crossroads like? Because journalism was clearly something that you were already good at uh, and and actually receiving an income from. Mm -hmm. How difficult was it giving up that legal career or was it something that actually came easier to you? I think think it's one of those things of you just following your passion and going with what you enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed the GDL. It it wasn't that I didn't like the course. Mm. Um, But it it was, um, you know, I was drawn more to the writing and that's kind of where the opportunities were opening up for me so mm. I just went with that and then you just kind of keep going with it and going with it and then what's kind of opened up for me over the last few years is like the business side mm. so I'm not actually I'm, hard, I'm not even doing any of the writing now that's all done by the right. I mean I'll write the odd thing but I, and, and I'm, I'm doing like sales full time and this sort of well, managing the business is actually that's actually quite I mean, there's a lot of well, yeah, being a mogul work in there. Is, uh, no, is... no no bu- business admin of running a a business there's a that's really time consuming mm. and um and then just all the sort of you know the plans of like what are you going to do this year and you've got you know planning ahead and st- strategies like <laughs> but but so that's i really enjoy i really enjoy um those things so that's kind of opened up all those things but mm. but i mean i think it i think it could have gone differently it could have i mean i could have done a training contract and i could have mm. gone down that route and then i think you know if i was kind of at the phase where where you're at, you know, partner at a law firm, and that's when you'll get much more into the the, the business side of yeah. of that. And so, so I just think <laughs> yeah. partly part of it of a career is just you kind of just take the chances and opportunities as, as they go along. And actually, it's and a lot of shared experiences, I think, between certainly with journalism and, mm-hmm. and certainly entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. uh, as with the law now the time commitment, the stresses that come with it. And these are the big issues that are coming to the fore, particularly with junior lawyers. Mm. Um, not again, not exclusively by any stretch. But what what you've mentioned a few things already, but what do you think is on the horizon? What are the big stories that are coming up that we either know about or maybe don't quite know about yet? Some kind of big themes yeah. in the legal profession. Well, obviously, mental health is, the, is probably the one that, which is uh, most publicised arguably mm. in the moment that yeah. there's increased awareness we've suddenly hit this uh, massive peak um, is it something which will continue to be sustained or actually will we move on from that I, it's so hard to say I know that there's, there is there's quite been quite a bit of government research money that's gone into academics researching mm. mental health which that tends to be a driver of trends mm. so you, you know the government Guys, it's amazing how much kind of government set the kind of the, the national conversation in, in their policy. So you know, it tends to be the government will do something and they give the money to the academics, they do the research, then the journalists start to pick up on it, then it fills the papers, it filters out over a few years. Mm. And, and the kind of mental health is a, that it's where it's now kind of hitting the, the papers. With the legal, how that runs in the legal profession is hard to predict mm. because. But, you know, you one hand, the kind of model of the legal profession is is hard work and you know, to resilience. I mean, you, yeah. you need that in many careers. So, so it's like, I think law firms don't want to be kind of too like softly, softly about mm. it. But equally, I think it's a, you've got to treat it sensitively. I think what's very positive is a more open conversation about mental health and saying so. Okay, you've got to work hard in your career. You've got to, you've got to. You, there are stresses, there are demands, but you yeah. can go public and say, okay, well. You know, I'm. I'm really. I, I need to talk about why I'm feeling very stressed, yeah. and I need to talk about why I'm really struggling with this. And and that's becoming less taboo. Mm. 
and and it, gr- great as it totally should because obviously if you talk about this stuff it's not going to be as bad because you can actually say and then it's become and all the pressure goes off mm. not all of it but some of the pressure comes off from from talking about it and and i and i think that's great and you know seem like lloyd reese yes, speaking about from fresh fresh fields yes. yes and he's written a, a great series of blogs about his um experiences mm. with m- handling stress at Freshfields, yeah. really honest, and, and, as, as relatively and, junior lawyer as well. Yeah, uh, that's again, it's arguably a brave thing to do, but mm. it's got so much support and and really has raised awareness, like you say. Yeah, so so I think that that's certainly an interesting theme. Mm. I think technology is a theme that's going to keep, it's going to continue. That's that's you know because that's blown up really hot. So mm. you know, I remember kind of that was building up kind of from two thousand and twelve, and it's yeah. and then legal profession. Just right. We're going to get up to date. We're going to modernise our systems. We're going to embrace mm. law tech. Mm. That that I think that there's all sorts of possibilities there. Mm. Um, and then I, th- I think other. I mean, the other thing you kind of look at, and maybe it's slightly more negative side. You look at the economy, the, mm. where we. I mean, it's, it's, the economy's strong at the moment, but we're, where mm. valuations are high, yeah. we're at a point in the economic cycle where it's it's been a long expansion. And um, so, so I think you, you've got as a you know as a journalist, you have kind of one eye out mm. for for that as well. Um, but there, I mean, fresh and slightly different because it's very counter cyclical. Mm. So, mm. but but you know, you've you've got a, the this of the tip off button, and, and mm. uh, through that, like sex discrimination, so the, the the Me Too stuff has oh, been that, that's another a huge thing, yeah. huge yeah. part of. Um, uh, legal rep- legal journalism over the yes. uh, as it has across all journalism for mm-hmm. the past however many months now uh, 12 months 18 months or more um, but is is that just going to continue can it can it continue at the rate that it has done I think it'll continue mm-hmm. uh, yeah I think it'll I continue I think it's kind of that's a bit it's, it's a bit like the mental health how you're seeing like law firms are kind of changing their values yeah um so I think it will continue. I think it could spread to, to other areas mm. as and that is is again you know something that's interesting to watch. But again, these things are it's so hard to predict. Yeah. The future. Well, it is. It is. And I remember sat, sat here yeah. like you say eight years ago, and one of the big conversations at the time was social mobility. Mm. I still don't really think it's been it's, there's been any success around or, or I, think think that's, I think that's hard I think, I think there has been improvements because I, I, I tell you what like, so I remember when I was writing for The Guardian because a lot of my stuff for The Guardian was kind of social mobility related mm. one of the things was the idea uh, this was like two, this, this is like 2010 so 2009, 2010 I remember suggesting that Law firms should should look at their A level requirements that mm. they were having more flexibly because it wasn't always fair because mm. some people had been to better schools than other schools and and I remember speaking to law firm graduate recruiters about that and it was like why would you do that yeah. <laughs> why you know why would you and it was just there was just no appetite for that conversation mm. now now <laughs> you, you've got contextual recruitment yeah. and like there's, there's a lot of firms are employing contextual recruitment and it is now a mainstream view in the legal profession that it's good practice mm. to look critically at candidates at A-level results. Mm. And so I think they are putting a lot of resources into that. And and that's, they're recruiting a lot more widely from more unis. That's changed too. That has changed, yeah. So it used to be just those unis. Now, I mean, they're getting out to campus much more broadly. Mm. 
events that we do have a big appeal because we're going out to because that's the other thing through social media so we've got this massive following on social media among students around the country we've got like over 100 campus ambassadors at basically every law faculty mm. in the UK and these many of these law faculties even the law firms that go to a lot of law fairs they don't they don't go to they can't go to them all yeah so and so we'll do these events for these students from all these different unis mm. and and that again that sort of mobilization of a, a cross section of students it didn't happen before so i think there has been progress but obviously then they've got to get into the training contracts yeah. then they've got to be obtaining the training so it's it's and, and the culture of these firms is again we see we talked about how they're changing mm. but it's there is still some pockets within these firms that that that, that does perhaps favour a certain a student from a certain background. Yeah. And then, and then you talk about getting into the training contracts, but then the SQE is currently on the way. Um, do you think that's going to have a, a, a big impact or are we just, once again, as we've done before, pushing that bottleneck further and further down? Will there actually be more jobs for solicitors or are we just giving somebody else a badge that they can wear at home because that's, that's all they can go to? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think there is that risk of just removing the bottleneck because it's mm. currently placed at before you get a training contract. Mm. And yeah, the, obviously the, the risk is it after that. Um, that 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 might happen um, to to an might be moved to an extent, but that mm. that, that might not. It, that doesn't mean it's a bad idea. I don't think. I, I actually, I think the SQE is well intentioned. Yeah. I think there's a lot of upheaval involved, and with any big change, um, there's going to be resistance and there's going to be compromise. Mm. So, so the SRA has had to compromise on its kind of initial plans. Which remember, its initial plans were like anyone could do the SQE. You didn't even have to go to uni. Yeah. Anyone could just rock up and do the SQE, and that was quite radical. And I think they knew they were going to be watered down, so, mm. but they had to mark. They had to position it at that point. Um, I still think the fundamental idea is different. If you're joining a, a corporate law firm, they're going to pay for your vocational training. They're going to pay for your SQE, LPC, whatever it's called. Um, and they're big trainers of students, and that's a great route. And uh, I think we'll, we'll agree. It's, it's a... It's a, mm. it's a um, um, but um, there's still a large group of students who don't go down that route. Indeed, when you started your career, you didn't go down that route. And those students have to self-fund and... Yeah. Um, it's it's very expensive the LPC for those students and there's some scholarships available the law schools do offer some scholarships mm. but if there is a new model that effectively splits the LPC into two and some of the costs can be spread mm. and some of the costs can be incurred when you're learning and some of the costs can be reduced for more innovative ways of learning such as online yep. and there's less upfront financial commitment for those students that's good right that's a good thing that's worth some upheaval yeah absolutely agree and, and the, but the big challenge i think uh, the moment is having that unified single brand of solicitor and i think the the, the risk or the fear that people seem to have is mm-hmm. that there's this sort of two 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 layer system that there's um so the people have done it one way and then there are the lesser people who've done it a different way do you think like having worked with so many uh, law firms, but also with the the students and and with the yeah. providers as well, is that something that is actually a real concern? Do you think? I think there's or already there's already things? multiple tiers of solicitors. Well, that's absolutely right. You, you know that if, you know you go to a law firm, you have to instruct a law firm for some reason. You know there's all sorts of different levels of quality, and yeah. and they're often differentiated by how much they charge. Yeah. Um. And that 
it, it works fine. Mm. Um, and I think that would that would continue to be the case. Mm. Um, yeah, in theory, the SQE would allow more people to qualify as solicitors, not necessarily get jobs at the end of it, but would allow more to qualify. Then in theory, they could go up, go off and set up, up their own law firms mm. like they do in the States, where there's a lot more lawyers per people in the population in the UK. But I think the US legal profession is still massively respected. Mm. Um, certainly, you know, the, yeah. the, the top end. So I, I don't, I don't, um, the, the kind of two tier fears, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think, I think the good, Oh, has it got anything to fear with that? Good. Well, uh, the, uh, I've, got, I've got a question for you, which is slightly now a, 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 a tangent, but um, I've, I've been reading a few stories on Legal Cheat recently, and what seems to be lacking uh, are any real characters, if we can say this. And, and I know you had a big campaign around Lord Denning previously, Yeah. but do you see stories coming through? Do you see themes where... Actually, these there are emergent characters, and yes, I'm thinking of people sometimes in the Supreme Court, not exclusively. And we certainly know that Lady Hale is is, is mm. a character, but really held on quite a high pedestal by your readers and everybody else. Yeah, um, rightly or wrongly, sometimes, arguably, gosh, unpopular opinion. But uh, but but do, do you see these people emerging, or have we all become a little bit too self-aware, controlled, uh, and, and concerned about a legacy? Yeah, they're, they're, they're certainly. I think we we see it in cycles of having these these characters where there are a lot of news stories around them. Mm. One of them is Kim Kardashian. But, so yeah, we, yeah. we we had to spike a story. We're this very morning. loosely referring to lawyers here um, at the moment, at least. No, but I mean that's 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 an interesting story. I mean the, the idea of this um, massive global celebrity mm. retraining as a lawyer, which yeah. you know it's not easy to train as a lawyer, and and <laughs> and I mean that's huge. I mean that's that that yeah. shows you how desirable. But being a lawyer is, I mean, the celebrity you think has it all. Yeah, it wants to be a lawyer. So I mean, that's that's a really interesting story, and also how she progresses mm. in in that. I know she's not going to law school; she's doing the on the job training, yeah. which they, which they have in California, which um, seems seems like a good system. And but you know, I think there's a sense that I think we had this story the other day. People often underestimate celebrities. Celebrities, mm. um, I think, they, I mean. They t- I think they probably tend to be very hardworking and driven people. Mm. I think they're probably better, you know, more hardworking and, and driven and probably more intelligent than most most people realise. I mean, you've got to be savvy yeah. to build up this massive brand like like Kim Kardashian's done. Um, and so I think that that's an interesting character, and that is very much a, a I think now it qualifies as a legal character. Mm. And and then you you know other people who are who are kind of more um, officially. Um, a, you know, kind of recognised characters like Lady Hale. Mm. She, law students love Lady Hale. She's you know, a hugely symbolic figure in, in that, obviously being the first woman as yeah. the head of the, the Supreme Court. But I think, I think she has also as a real charisma. People I've spoken to met, I've never met Lady Hale, but the people I've spoken to about her says she's got this, this, this fantastic charisma. Mm. She's constantly... Um, getting her messaging across, mm. she's, she's, you know, since she's become the president, she's 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 got a lot more media savvy. Yeah, and, and but, but also mm, speaking to mm, students and speaking mm, to the profession, mm, rather than sitting there sort of behind the bench uh, um, as a closed shop, she's yeah. very much out there. Rightly so, and that's the, that's partly the role of the president of the Supreme Court. It's, it's a kind of yeah. public symbolic role. I mean, Lord Newberger before her did it very sure. well. 
Um, then you get the kind of the, the bad boy characters, like the, the the lawyers who've done something wrong, who, who um, you know, I can talk about Lord Harley. People were fascinated mm. by that story mm. as a, of a, you know, the guy who, who turned up in court with, with kind of long hair and ribbons and, and it was ended up, um, had, had this extremely far-fetched LinkedIn CV, which I think we reported on quite extensively. Yeah. And, um, you know, ended up being struck off by the SRA. Mm. So, um, and and that that was a, a again a, a, that was also a big character who appealed to our readers. Mm. Um, so I think that you get these. You, we know when something's coming up, you'll get this run of it. So we've had it on, you know, Lawyers on the Apprentice. Yes, you get a run of that. Yeah, Kevin, you're a bit of the yeah, big character okay. yourself. You know, you've got you know, bit, you know high profile lawyers who are extrovert. And enjoy putting themselves forward in the policy, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, okay. and, and it's it. And I know it was a counselling session. I might have to stop it now. <laughs> and obviously, like Legal Cheek um, loves to report on those characters. Yeah, um, and Law Street's very interested in them. Uh, but but no Lord, no, no new Lord ending on the way just yet, as far as we know. I think a lot of assumptions are heading that way. Yeah, but then he's retired, and I think when you you know you retire, you really do mm. drop out of the. I mean, Lord Denning, I think, is a product of his time. I think what you're probably seeing now is a probably a Lord Denning backlash. Again, mm. a few years ago, we would do a kind of Lord, Lord Denning meme or post on social mm. media, and it would do incredibly well. Now, there's, there's comments, the students are much more conscious of, of... I mean, this fits very much in with the, you know, different norms among current mm. students. They're much more conscious of some of the things that he said in the past, some mm. of the views he'd accepted, which were of their time, but... Yeah. but, but but now, if anyone was saying that, it would be like completely unacceptable. Mm. Well, we're coming close to an mm. end, so I'm going to get in the sort of the killer yeah. question, if mm. you like. Yes. Um, yeah. In your broad and wide experience of visiting law firms, which one has the best biscuits? Best biscuits? They, I mean, they all are very good. I mean, they, they, I mean, they have these lovely. You go to a meeting room at a big corporate law firm. I'm sure, like you're, you're a law yeah, firm. Yeah, yeah. And we they have, have these like biscuits. lovely. Coffee. Okay, <laughs> I think yeah. I think you should answer this question. Sorry, no. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm curious for my own uh, research now. But they, you know, they have this lovely, you know, kind of coffee and tea selections, and and then like you know, they, they have more than biscuits now. So they have all these like wonderful biscuits, and then these little snacks and jelly beans and fruit. And I, I could stay all day. I had a meeting the other day, and there was a they did lunch there. It's like, delicious well this is not to explain why you're not writing as much as you used to be but uh, for the moment we'll let you get back to the biscuits and, uh, and the sweets thank you so much it's really good to see you again good and, to see you good uh, to see you no, I'll see you soon The Hearing as ever thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode join us again and why not give us a rating or subscribe that way you'll get an alert every time we release a new episode The Hearing a legal podcast from Thomson Reuters To find out more, go to tr.com forward slash the hearing or subscribe via iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.